podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Just uh, remain our time to the Lord. Let's just pray together. Father, we want to thank you that we can come into your presence this morning and we can just look into your word. And we pray, Father, that you might help us to just put away the distractions of the week and that you might help our hearts and our minds focus on what you have to say to us through your word. Father, we just pray that you might have your hand of blessing upon us now. We ask these prayers. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, I feel like I've blinked and the week has blazed me by. Uh, Easter weekend was obviously awesome. Um, and as a church, of course, we remembered and celebrated together the death, burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we navigate our way post-resurrection... Uh, we continue to obviously see significant events unfolding in history. Jesus repeatedly appeared to his disciples over some 40 days and then miraculously ascended back to heaven to God. And today we're going to look at the ascension. Now, realising that today is only actually, of course, one week post-Resurrection Sunday. So we're sort of telescoping 40 days into, is that seven days in a week? That's right. So some events leading, obviously, to the Ascension include, and of course, not limited to, the road to Emmaus, where Jesus ignited the hearts of the disciples on the road there who were so downcast. We've got the appearance of Jesus behind closed doors and we get an indication of that resurrection body. Of course, we have the doubting Thomas moment, of course, recorded for us. And we also see Jesus appearing to a further 500 people who see Jesus alive and resurrected. We see the miraculous catch of fish, 153 to be precise, which Matt touched on this morning on the shores of Galilee. Jesus resurrected from the dead, defeating death and sin, appearing to hundreds of other people and giving us a way back to the Father through that cross at Calvary. Oh, what good news that is. So those 40 days which lead to the event, to the event which we're going to look at today is a little bit like one of those movies that you may have watched in the past where the director sort of gives you a segment of the end of the film at the beginning well, that's what we're doing. We're cutting into the end section of Jesus' walk on this earth with his followers. And we pick this up in Acts and chapter 1. I'm reading from 
verse 1, and only verse 1 at the moment. It says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Now, before I go any further, just to give a bit of background into chapter 1. In my former book, Theophilus, well, Luke is the author of Acts. Luke wrote another book in the New Testament called she had been worried if you'd have said John or Mark, you know. So Theophilus has tasked Luke, who is a doctor, to give an accurate account of Jesus' life and ministry as a witness to the birth and growth of the early church. And he puts pen to paper. So here we go. Verse 2. Until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he pre presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, for which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the skies as he was going. Then suddenly two men dressed in white, stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said. Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. And we pray that the Lord will bless the reading of his word to us. An absolutely stunning, stunning historical moment. So it's really important for us and clear for us this morning that Jesus is in a physically resurrected body and he's ascending to heaven. And in his ascent to heaven, he's assuming his right throne, leaving when he's, where he's been existing here on earth in a physical living space in the confines of space and time. You see, if you wanted at that time to get near Jesus, to be in the presence of Jesus, to ask Jesus a question, you had to go where Jesus was. Namely, you had to go to Jerusalem or to Galilee, places in which he was doing his physical ministry. 
At his, ascent, at his ascension, he's still in his physical form. And he sits down at the right hand of God the Father. You'd see that in Hebrews 10 and verse 12. And now he reigns and rules in a way that's no longer locked in a given space or time. You see, Christians don't believe that there's a place on earth where there is the power and presence of, presence of Christ that resides in a supernatural way that is beyond the way that he resides in you and I. In the Ascension, what's important to note is the disciples' questions. You see, the disciples' questions are our questions too. And when we read something like this, it helps us to understand that better. Now the disciples ask him this question. In verse 6. Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Now it's actually a really logical and legitimate time to ask this question. You see, for example, I asked a question at the wrong time this week. Monday evening, the bank holiday, it was beautiful. We actually went to the Peak District, walking in the peaks, absolutely stunning. We went up to Monsell Head with the family. It was all lovely. And we got home from the day a little bit tired, as you do when you've been a nice walk. And you put your comfy joggers on and your hoodie to sit down and maybe, if you watch TV, watch some TV. Now, we bought a lovely new picture at the weekend, just before going on the walk on the Monday. And it was to replace a picture that was already on the wall. Now, I had it sort of leant up against the wall rather than hung on the wall. And during the day, Corrie had just so ever so kindly sort of prompted, I really don't like watching TV when there's no picture on the wall. <laughs> All right. So I thought to myself, I'll do the right thing. I'll get that picture up on the wall. Now, there was obviously the picture that had been there anyway, but it didn't look very strong in terms of holding this lovely new heavy picture on the wall. So I decided I was going to use a proper screw and plug and put it properly in the plasterboard so it would hold beautifully. Now, those that don't know me might not know my DIY skills are not the best. It's not my strongest gift. I have been known when my daughter was very young, I, we bought a very expensive cot bed. You could have this spectacular thing that transforms in from a cot to a bed. You're winning. I spent four hours building the bed when it should have been a cot. <laughs> that's absolutely true. Stood back and thought, yeah, there's definitely something wrong with this. But anyway, so that's my DIY skills just to put you in the picture. Now, on Monday, 
Rather than ask a question, I decided to drill the wall and I managed to hit the pressurised hot pipe water system. So my entire heating system emptied spectacularly out of the wall. Now, as you can imagine, that was not a very relaxing evening after that. Sorry, I've digressed. It was just to make sure that you're still with me. But it would have been a logical, legitimate time to ask a sensible question. That's where I was going with that. So verse six, that the disciples are asking, you know, they're saying, is it now over? Is the strife over? Is the conflict over? And I think even as Christians today, we can feel this question as well, can't we? How many of us have some doubts and frustrations? Some internal conflict? You see, they want to know, is it now all over? And Jesus responds with sort of a minor rebuke. It's not for you to know. Look at verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now a general rule in scripture is that if something's mentioned twice, it's emphasis. So look what he says in verse 4 and 5. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. Christ ascends to the Father. And what does he do when he gets there? Well, he sends his Holy Spirit down. The the Holy Spirit is now the presence of Christ with us everywhere. Available to all. And to all in this room. And in our hearts. You see... For us as Christians, to know Christ as our own personal saviour, it got me thinking that sometimes we can feel a little bit hypocritical, can't we? You see, we thought all of those internal strives and conflicts and everything else would maybe just all go away as the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. See, the Holy Spirit is the deposit of our salvation. 2 Corinthians 1.22 says, He put His Spirit in our hearts. And maybe we did all think, well, all that conflict would go away. Let's talk for a minute about what the Holy Spirit does. And this is not exhaustive and not limited to but a snippet. If you're a Christian, the Holy Spirit would have 
opened up your heart, you see. You didn't intellectually just get it. You got it because the Holy Spirit opened your heart. You wanted to give your life to Christ. Maybe a pastor or someone further down the road led you to the Lord. They went through some words with you and a prayer with you. And there was repentance. And you asked for forgiveness and you gave your life to Christ. And at that moment, Christ set his seal of ownership on you. And he put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit of our salvation. We have been reconciled to God by the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The vertical relationship with God is fixed. The Holy Spirit working inside of us, working itself out horizontally to others. And we can look at what the Holy Spirit does. Turn with me to Galatians 5. Galatians 5 and reading from verse 22. It says this, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Against such thing there is no law. Now, what I don't want you to miss in verse 22, which is so easy to miss, is that it doesn't say the fruits. He says the fruit, singular. We can't kid ourselves this morning that it's okay to be good at some and not at others. And just look at that list, if it's still above me. And let's be honest, you can't really separate them out, can you? You can't really say, oh, I'm really peaceful today, and then the man or woman driving very slowly in a car in front of you just fills you with deep joy. You can't do that. You see, there isn't really self-control unless there's kindness and goodness. You see, they have to be hand in hand. And this is where the fruit of the Spirit comes in. And if we fully, fully get this, then our horizontal lives and relationships change dramatically. We grow in our faithfulness. Do you know how I know I need to grow? Because I sometimes lack love and joy and peace. And it's because of my internal and external struggles. I can be selfish. I can lack kindness. I can lack love. What we have to understand is we're all made in the image of God. 
You know, people may frustrate us. Situations where gentle hearts are not present, where we can lack joy in those moments. But know this, I can cling to Christ. I can cling to Christ, I can repent, my sins are forgiven. 2 Peter 3 verse 18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Going back to Acts. Acts chapter 1. I'm reading from verse 9. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking up intently into the sky as he was going. Then suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside the men of Galilee. They said, why do you stand here looking up into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will be back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. It was important for the disciples to see that Jesus was taken into heaven. And it's important for us this morning to see that too. What verses they are this morning. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 2 says this. For you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. Church, we need to be ready. Are you ready this morning? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time that we've been able to spend together and to share together and to look into your word. As we saw your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, ascend to heaven to sit at the right hand of God the Father, we thank you that you loved us so much that you sent your son to die for us in our place. Father, this morning we pray that each one of us would recognise that love and that forgiveness through that cross at Calvary. And Father, that we worship a risen Saviour and we worship a risen Lord and we have the Holy Spirit as a deposit of our salvation for those who are on the path. Father, we pray for those who don't know you as their own personal Lord and Saviour this morning would understand and recognise their needs of you and that it would step from death to life. Father, this morning we tell you that we love you. And once again, we thank you for this time we can spend together. We just pray that you would continue as we fellowship together and bless us. And we ask these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.